Thank you for taking the time to listen. Church Hurt is real. We would like to hear your story to help others who have been abused in church. Only when we speak up can we begin to heal from the pain. Please send your story confidentially to the email witminyahoo.com. Welcome to the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast on the WITRN network. Come join us as we study the Word of God together. Go get your Bible and let's see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. It's like a whole cake with the icing and everything in it. Just not where we're going to start at today because you might have forgot some things or just it's not registering. So that's why we go back. We go back to the beginning to start all over. And it was just a brief review. Now, we know that in chapter one, it, it begins to talk about John the Baptist. OK, and John the Baptist is the Elijah of the ending of the New Testament. I want to tell you this. Even though John the Baptist is written in what we call, quote unquote, the New Testament, he's not a New Testament prophet. He is the ending of the Old Testament and is bringing in the New Testament. But he's the last of the Old Testament prophets because he, he would. How could he be equated to Elijah if he was not an Old Testament prophet? OK, so he's related to he, he relates himself to the, as an Old Testament prophet. That's why when Jesus says that. In the kingdom, there's going to be those who are greater than him. What he's saying, what he's trying to point out is those who come under the church age under faith will be greater than even John the Baptist, who was the one who ushered in Christ. OK, the church is a special entity because the church is his body. And there is a difference between the kingdom and the church. OK, there is a difference, even though the church will be in the kingdom, but there's a difference. Because we're going to see that Jesus Christ will say, I came to preach the kingdom. Well, Paul didn't preach the kingdom. Called Paul preached grace. Okay? So when we kind of put all that gospel together, we forget some things because we're trying to cram everything in. I need to build the kingdom. No, you don't. That's not what you're required to do. You're required to be part of the body of Christ. You're not required to build the kingdom. There's nowhere in there that tells that you that you're supposed to build the kingdom. You are part of the body of Christ. So, so you have to understand you're supposed to build the church, his body. All right. And therefore being his body, you automatically aware in the kingdom. Okay. All right. All right. So let's look at Luke chapter uh, one and we're going to see what John the Baptist mission was. Frida, what verse did I give you? 16 and 17. Luke chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. When you get it, say amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. When you get it, say amen. Amen. All right, free to read it loud and proud out of the ESV. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. I want you to read that again. Now, this is the purpose for John the Baptist's ministry. So he gets what his purpose is going to be, and then he fulfills it in the way he preaches and teaches. Okay? Read that one more time. And he will turn... This is John the Baptist. Go ahead. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. Stop. He will turn many of the children of Israel to who? The Lord who? Their God. Okay. Now, it said many, not all, right? So we know there's going to be some that's not going to get turned. Right? So we already know John the Baptist could only do many. We know there's some that's going to rebel against him. And not going to receive what he's trying to do. So when you get rejected and trying to do your ministry, trying to get people to come to Christ, you're in good company with John the Baptist. It may be many. It may be a few. But there's going to be people that's going to reject the message. Go ahead. And what else he's going to do? 
and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. So his his power, his spirit, his zeal is going to be like Elijah. So if you want to see how, how Elijah ministered, you'd have to go back and read it. Okay? So we have who he's patterned after. Okay? His ministry is like Elijah. He's going to go forth strong, bold, daring. All right? Go ahead. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Turn the hearts of the father back to the children. Go ahead. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. The disobedient to the wisdom of the just. So it's going to change the hearts. Now, you have to remember, who's he specifically talking about? The house of Israel. The house of Israel. This ain't got nothing to do with you yet. Amen. It's good for you because we're all supposed to change the hearts of the disobedient. But right now, he's not dealing with no Gentile. He's talking about the, the disobedient that's in Israel. Because you have to remember, by now, as we're going through the Old Testament, Israel has failed miserably. <laughs> From the time of Abraham until Malachi, they have turned their back on their God. They have become idol worshipers. They have become like the culture. They did everything God told them not to do. And every time God came to save Israel, it was not because they did what was right in God's eyes. It's because God made a promise to himself to bring a king and a Messiah through their line. So he couldn't destroy them like he did other nations. But he did at times whittle them down. But he always kept a remnant, which is Israel. You're not the remnant. See, you get mixed up. You're not the remnant. You're the body of Christ. Okay, your your mission is a little different. Your discipline said God is dealing with us through grace now, not through law. So he said there's always going to be a remnant and the remnant is always those that we're going to read about that's going to receive him. They're a part of the whole. They are the many that he will turn back. Okay. All right. Go ahead. To make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So to make ready for a Lord a people prepared. Prepared, a remnant that's prepared to receive their Messiah, their prophesied Messiah that we read about in Isaiah 61 and 1, which is Jesus Christ. All right. All right. Now, that's his mission. Let's go to chapter 2. Frida, what did I give you that one for? 10 through 14. 10 through 14. All right. 10 through 14. Let's see who we're talking about now. Go ahead. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now, he's talking to who? The shepherds. This is when the shepherds get the revelation of the, of the coming Messiah to be born. And we talked about all the witnesses. We're not going to go into that right now. But we talked about the different witnesses that witnessed to Christ. And we know the Bible teaches that by two or three witnesses... Everything is established, which God did in fine fashion. He'd have more than two or three. Okay. So he got the angel telling them. So he's talking to them. Keep reading. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. Okay. But Christ is the same word as Messiah. You can interchange those two. Christ the Lord. Christ is the word Messiah. All right. Go ahead. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. So the sign is the baby wrapped up in, in swaddling cloth in poor folks clothes. Not in, not in fine raiment. In the barn. In a trough. Okay. And this will be the sign that who he was identified to them in the wilderness, in the, in the fields. This will be the sign that this is this person. Okay? And a sign always points to the reality. Right? A sign always points to reality. The sign is not the reality. The sign points to the reality. Like the exit sign, it points to the reality that the door is there. That's the way we need to go out. Okay? So when you think about signs, that's why signs, all signs, we put too much, you know, in church today, and sometimes some churches, they put too much into signs. But what's the reality behind the sign? The sign itself is not the reality. 
And if the sign is not leading you to Christ like this, like their signs leading to Christ, then it leading you somewhere else. And it's very subtle. It's very subtle, the twist. Because it normally leads you to people, not to Christ. But this sign is leading them to the Messiah. These, these filthy, nasty shepherds that's out in this wilderness with the sheep. All right. These guys were not considered the best people to hang around. Matter of fact, they were not really allowed to be in the temple because they were considered so unclean. Because guess what they dealt with? Dead carcasses all the time. And as a Jew, you're not supposed to deal with dead carcasses. But they had to. You know, that's their business. All right. Go ahead. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, did y'all catch that? The way that you catch stuff. Did you catch that? Did you catch something that that's a little different than what we normally say at Christmas time? Uh -huh. What? Said, um, among those with whom he is pleased. Versus uh, goodwill to all men. Yeah. 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 You, you, you see? Yeah. See that subtle deception? It don't say nothing about to all men. Yeah. It says a particular type of mankind. Those who he is pleased with. So the peace going to come to those who we please with. Not the ones he are rebellious. And there you go. And they hear his voice and they what? Follow him. In my son, I'm well pleased. Do what he say. So you can't say, you know, at Christmas time, it's like all men. That ain't what it say. It's very particular. Those who obey. <laughs> get the peace. All right. Because we're going to see something else. Okay, keep going. No, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go to two and what I tell you, go to two and twenty-five. 25. All right. All right. So we got the witnesses. We got part of uh, 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 why he was coming. This peace over those who obey. The rest that's a promise in Isaiah sixty-one. Go ahead. Uh, Luke. 25. Luke. Two, Luke two twenty-five through thirty. Now there was a man in Jerusalem <coughs> whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Pay attention. This is the important part. Go ahead. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. In presence of all peoples. Now watch this. If we read the last said, he said the peace is going to come to those who obey. We started off with Simeon being devout man. And that's why he gets to depart in peace because he did as the Lord said he was to do. He had to wait on the mission, wait on the sign so he can have his time. And think about all this time, whatever his devoutness looked like, this is the time that he's been waiting on. And we don't know how long Simeon been waiting for this, but he waited on the Lord to fulfill what he had promised. And what we have to learn from this is sometimes we need to understand that God may promise you something, but it happens down the line as you mature into your grace and your peace. All right. You got to wait. All right. Go ahead. Verse 32. A light for revelation to the Gentiles mm -hmm. and for glory to your people, Israel. So it's going to be this. This Jesus is going to be a light as a revelation to who? The Gentiles and the promised glory to Israel. Well, the revelation to the Gentiles is you got a savior too. That's your revelation. It's not just for them. It's for everybody because it says good for all men. So now when you say all men, now we understand it's just not limited to the nation of Israel that whatever's about to happen, it's going to be a revelation, a revealing to those Gentiles 
and the promised glory to Israel. Okay? So just in that sentence, it looks like it's the same, but it's not because it's their promised Messiah coming through the line, but this promised Messiah is good for everyone who shall believe. You included Gentile. Okay? You included. But the way you get included is by faith because you're not under the law. None of the ceremonial laws will apply to you. First fruits, all that stuff they practice that they tell you in church, none of that, they have nothing to do with you. Jesus is your first fruit. Amen. He's your first off. Think about this. He's the firstborn of brothers. He's your first fruit. First fruits ain't your money either. I'm sorry. I'm messing people's money up, ain't I? Okay. I am, I'm going to leave these pastors alone. I just hope they get it together because they people are suffering because there's not a real spiritual connection to really what's going on. Okay? First fruits, all that stuff they tell you that's Old Testament has nothing to do with you. If you want to bring your check in, fine. But don't think God honors it because God stopped honoring what they were doing. So why would you want to repeat what God say? I'm tired of them doing it because their heart is still wicked. You can't impress God with no works of the flesh. You're not obedient enough. That's why we needed him to come fulfill the law. You're not obedient enough. On your best day, your works are what? Like filthy rags. Okay? All right. I had a comment. Go ahead. So, peace is for those who he's pleased with, but salvation is for all people. There's, what's the, salvation is peace. Because okay. through salvation, you are not enemies of God no more. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If you saved, you, may, you got peace with God. Okay. That's the, that's Romans chapter five. Okay. okay. Through his blood, we have been justified and we have what? Peace with God. All right. Okay. So to be saved gives you the peace until you are saved. You at war. Okay. You're, you Ephesians chapter two. Okay. Okay. You Ephesians chapter two person up until you get saved. I don't care how much you go to church. Okay. You, you, you belong to the prince of the power of the air and you a son of disobedience deserving his wrath. That's what the Bible say. All right. So we still we still in review. Let's go to chapter three. And I, did I give you yeah, something in three? three? Okay, go to chapter three. Look for free to look for how John the Baptist's ministry came when he uh uh it just I, I know I didn't give it to you, but I think it's about three and uh look at look at three. three. And he went into all the region. Uh yes, John the Baptist, yeah. Yeah, that's what I want, but uh to go down to like what's the three ten? Let me see. Three. God, go down. Go up to three five. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain. Might as well start three one. I'm gonna back it up. I always got to get it in context. Go ahead, start at three one. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, being governor of Judea, and Herod, being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Atarea. And Trachonitis, mm, Trachonitis, Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Albilene, mm -hmm. during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. Now remember, we talked about that. Why do they have two priests, high priests? One, one, one was Jewish, and the other one was Rome. Sorry. Right. One was the right one, and one was the wrong one. One was like a puppet of Israel. Never did they have two high priests. Only when they were in rebellion. Did they have two high priests? So one was like a spy for Rome, and the other one was the appointed one. But 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 Caiaphas was the son-in-law of Annas. Yes, he was the son-in-law. So he married into the family, but he was so he wasn't necessarily a Levite. Okay, and we know the Bible tells us that 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 there was no way that anybody else could be a priest other than a Levite. All Levites aren't priests, but all priests have to be Levites. Do you understand what I just said? Yeah. Yeah. All priests, all Levites are not priests, but all priests have to be Levites. And we run to the stone writing kings right now where uh, Jeroboam decided to make other people priests that were not part of the Levi Levitical, Levitical tribe. Okay? Just point his friends. You know, we see that around. Dynasties of families where the, you have you the pastor might have been called, but now the pastor sets up a dynasty of all his family being called to keep the money. And they know he was called, but they not called. And you can see this in the Bible. 
Peter probably had sons. Some of the apostles, some of the apostles had sons. None of them were called. Other than the father. It's not meant to be handed down like that. This is not a kingship. Okay? I'm not saying it can't happen, but it, it happens too often where it doesn't make sense. Okay? Go ahead. The word of God came to John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. Now we're going to see the zeal of how he preached. Go ahead. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So you need to be baptized and repent for the forgiveness of sins. That's his ministry. Okay? That's his ministry. I'm going to say it again. That's his ministry. All right, go ahead. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight and the rough places shall become level ways. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. So he's preaching out of Isaiah, but he come in the zeal of Elijah. All right. So he's preaching out of Isaiah. And so is Jesus going to preach out of Isaiah? He's that interesting. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. He said, therefore, to the crowd. Now watch what he says. Now he reads the scripture. And now he's about to break it down for him. He's going to make it straight for him. See, when you know, you know what? When you make things straight, it's not easy. Mm -hmm. It's not easy to make a road straight. If you ever go out here and look what they're doing in construction. For what they're doing, once they do it, it's supposed to be smooth, right? But they got the jackhammer. They got to move dirt around. Same thing in, in for you. For, for those of us who are saved, we take a lesson from this is when you're trying to make your life straight, when you're trying to walk with God, you're going to have some rocks you got to move out the way. You're going to have some stuff you got to get rid of that you can't carry and make your, your path smooth. You can't get to the peace till you're willing to fight the war within. Yeah. Okay? So he's going to make them pass straight. He's going to preach this gospel. Go ahead. He said, therefore, to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him. No, they're coming out. Mm -hmm. So, but before, but before we get baptized, let me tell you something. All right, go ahead. You brood of vipers. You brood of vipers. Go ahead. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? They came to get baptized. Now you telling them who warned you? Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you just came to get dumped in the water, but there's no repentance for you. And in the other uh, uh, gospels, we see that he's specifically talking to the Pharisees and the scribes, the church religious elite. You're not talking to the common folk, but they may be in there and they may be following the Pharisee, but he's, he's warning them. Who warned you to come? Okay. To get baptized without repentance. You come to spy. Go ahead. Bear fruits in keeping with repentance. Bear the fruit that keeps with repentance. Where is your fruit? The Bible says we'll know a what by his fruit? A tree. He knew their tree because they didn't have no fruit. They had religion, but didn't have the relationship that is that that would have led them to religion because they didn't pursue it by faith. That's what we get in Romans chapter 9, 10, and 11. They were in the right position, but they misunderstood it based upon their ignorance of what was really happening because they had fallen so far away from God. They had a religion of rules and regulations, but there was no spirit to it. There was no love to it. There was no sacrifice to it. There was not the demonstration of what God had done for them for 2,000 years in what they practiced. God has shown them complete alter, just love. But they thought they deserved it because they knew that they were the chosen ones. So he had an answer for that. What did he say? And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. So he's saying, don't brag on your lineage. Don't tell me what church you belong to. Don't even tell me what pastor you sit under. Because God can take a, a stone and raise up people. And, you know, you know, he's being metaphorically speaking. He can raise up a people who are not his people to honor him, which he did in us. 
So is there advantage to being a Jew? Yes. Romans tell us a bunch in every way because they had everything they needed. But since they rejected him, we get the opportunity. But we got to take their mistake and understand it's deeper than uh, at times what it is, what we see, what we've been doing. If you had Paul put it plainly, if there's no love, real sacrificial love that Jesus showed us, if there's no grace in a congregation, then you don't have anything. You just go to church. And that's when I was talking to y'all earlier about these people that I talked to on the phone that's going to be part of our show that I do on Church Hurt. They, you know, we ain't talking about 20-year-olds. We're talking about 60, 60 and up. And they've never heard the gospel until the other day. And even at that, it was hard for them to accept it because, you know, the one thing they had not never done, Sister Luella, Sister Joyce, Sister Jackie, Sister Curly, y'all, you know what they didn't do? They never admit they was a sinner. They came like the Pharisees. I come to get baptized. I was told that's what I needed to do. But you don't know why you're getting baptized. Because everybody else got baptized. My cousin, my grandfather, everybody got baptized. But that what, what does that mean to you? It doesn't mean anything. It's just a ritual. And it has no relationship to what the reasoning behind baptism. Okay? And in chapter 3, we have the start of Jesus' ministry. All right, Jesus is going to preach his ministry. So now let's go to four. We get ready to start our lesson for the day. <laughs> let's go to four. And in the first part, we talked about uh, uh, God, Jesus having the power over the demonic world. I hope you all clear on that. The demon is supposed to be scared of you. You're not supposed to be scared of them. Okay, so now we're getting ready to go into his ministry and his ministry if you have to remember, if you go back, go back to uh, one, one and one, uh, Luke one and one, Frida, right quick. I know I didn't throw that at you, but the spirit lead me so we can get the purpose for this gospel. Uh-huh. And as much as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have declared them to us, it seemed good to me also having followed all things closely for some time past to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. So this orderly account that was written is a forensic account. He was not an eyewitness, but he talked to eyewitnesses and he's writing an orderly account of what happened so that you can trust in what you've been taught. In particular, whoever this Theophilus is. So you can trust in what you've been taught is true. So he all, basically, he wrote a manual to show him what you've been taught. This is, this is real. Okay. Now I'll go back to four. So we get, we have him uh, over the power of the demons. Okay. And we know that there was a man in the synagogue, probably been sitting there all that time, not working subvertly in the congregation. And we know that we learned that the demons don't want to be recognized. They want to work behind the scenes because once they're recognized, they can be called out. Okay, so you can have people sit in your church that are demon possessed. But what they have to do is do something which is cause confusion, cause problems. And it, and it seems that it is, you know, these people who act like that, you, they, they tend to throw they throw the rock and hide their hand. They always got something to say. Okay, but they never say it to the person they need to say it to. And it starts off with things like, did you hear? I don't know why the pastor did that. Well, if you want to know why I do anything, call me and I'll tell you. Now, you don't call me to get me to agree with what you're thinking. Just tell me what you think I should have done. And if I haven't explained it to you sufficiently enough, oh, well. I'm not saying, oh, well, in a sense of I don't care, but I'm saying I can only explain it as to why I did it. I can't make you accept it, right? Just like you can only tell me what's wrong with, with me doing it, that don't mean I have to accept it. But again, it, 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 the person, the demonic person is in there to, to cause some kind of problem, to, to, to steer the people in a slow steering, like a cruise ship, not like a speedboat. Speedboat zip around, right? A fighter jet zips around. But when you know turning one of them 757s, one of them cruise ships, 
It's a slow turn. And, and a demonic person inside the church will, will try to turn the people were away from God, discount God, try to, to make it seem as if God is not working in your life because you don't have what you want. Yeah, you become, they, they want to drift to church towards the church of material things. God's whole purpose is to bless you with material things. Whereas God's whole purpose is to make you holy and acceptable in his sight. Mm -hmm. He's trying to get you ready to be his bride and you trying to go off and play like you work, you, you buy stuff from Tiffany's. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we got that part. Now, again, you're not supposed to be scared of demons, no matter what TV say. Demons are scared of you because at the name of Jesus, what it say? Every knee shall bow, but it's at the name of Jesus, the demons tremble. Okay? At the name of Jesus. So you have the power in you. Now, you're not supposed to go out and be trying to fight, you know, look for demons, okay? That ain't, that's not your job. Your job is to be confident enough that if the Christ, the hope of glory is living in you, that you can't be demon possessed, you shouldn't be demon oppressed, and you shouldn't let no demonic spirit ever a torment you. Amen. Amen. Because greater is he that's in who? Me. And the he that's in the who? The world. So, demons are spiritual realm, but they are outside of you. Christ the hope of glory lives within you. Hallelujah. Let there be light lives in you. Hallelujah. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. So don't let these people on TV trick you like there's some kind of battle going on between you and the demons because the battle that's going on inside of you is not demonic. It's with your flesh. Yeah. Now, it may look like demonic, <laughs> but it's your flesh. It's your desires, not third party. All right. So we, we kind of cover that. And now we get ready to go into now. I got to remember, he's trying to prove to Theopolis what he learned about Jesus. True. So we, he has power over the demonic world and the supernatural world. So now we're going to go into a different kind of power. All right. Luke chapter 4, verses 38 through 44. Go ahead. <clears throat> and he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. Now think about this. He just got through finished casting out this demon at church. Now just imagine. Then he's going to go to eat. Gee, so cool. Ah, oh, just light work. I'm hungry. <laughs> he goes to Simon's house. Now, this is Simon before he's an apostle. This is Simon before he's, you know, what we know to be Peter. He's going to Simon's house to eat, to relax, to enjoy himself. But they got a different plan for him. They know his mother's sick. They just watched him cast out a demon. And thinking rightly, if he can cast out demons, he can handle my mom's fever. But we're going to invite him to dinner. Have you ever been invited to a place for one reason when they really wanted you there for another reason? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know it till you get there? Right. And you're like, just invited me here for that. <laughs> you're just sucking me into this. But Jesus is graceful. He, he knows the thoughts of all men, so it's not that big a deal. But I, I'm just making him like normal. Like, you know, he's still a, a human being. Like, I'm hungry. Come to my house. <laughs> and then you get there. They appeal to him and ask him, to assist in something. Mm -hmm. Okay, go ahead. And he stood over her and mm -hmm. rebuked the fever, and it left her. He rebuked the fever and left her. Just like he handled the demon, easy breezy, same thing with the fever. So now we see that Jesus has power over sickness. Amen. Mm -hmm. He heals who he wants to heal. Yeah. He's the king, is the Messiah is here his, in bodily form, and he's come. To do these signs so you can receive the awesome message. But like so many, once God start doing these signs, you want sign after sign after sign after sign. You never really satisfied. You want the flash in the pan versus the steadfastness of his word that will endure you. See, when you get a miracle, that only lasts, you know, in these times because we got the internet. You, you might forget it next week. But the word, he said, my word will endure for what? Ever. 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 So just think about this, saints of God. It's more important that you search out the message that will endure in you than the sign that's going to only be for a minute. Because mm -hmm. the sign supposed to point to reality. What's the reality of us? It's the word of God and the Holy Spirit. All right? So they ain't, they like, they can, um, Jesus, before we eat, 
<laughs> can you uh, go in the other room? And uh, my mother-in-law been sick for a while. She got a high fever. Can you go in there and take a look at her? <laughs> and kind of, you know, what you did with the demon was impressive. But can you, <laughs> can you see what you can do with her? And being a, a compassionate God that he is. Look how compassionate he is. Because you know if that had been y'all and y'all been tricked. You'd have been like, look. Attitude. Attitude. <laughs> Why you just tell me you want me to come here to come to see you, here to heal your mom? Okay? That's all right. But Jesus is not us. Thank God. He can look beyond our little superficial games we play. He already knows. You know, so that's why I understand why y'all don't come to him. He already know the game you playing with him. Just drop the drop the pretense. You know, you want me to pray for you? Just ask me to pray for you. Don't bring me a donut. That ain't gonna work. I don't eat them things no way. So what I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's just real. We should be able to understand that. We come to Jesus with all these pretenses. Oh God, you so holy and all that. Man, come on, just 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 tell me. I already know what you need. Don't try to boot me up. Okay, you ain't been praying to me like that for the past 25 years. Now you're in trouble and you all the, all these holy words will come out your mouth. It's funny. People are funny. Go ahead. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now think about this. There was no delay. Immediately. So why y'all going to these faith healers talking about you can get your healing next week sometime? Yeah, your faith, your healing coming in the mail along with, but you didn't get a check. Hold on, you didn't get a check immediately, but your, 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 whatever you need got to still gradually come. When it's truly healing by God, He heals to the uttermost. He saved to the uttermost. There is no progression in God. See, that's how you know it's a fake one. If you blind, you better see. If you lame, you better walk. And I just. Off balance, you be able to dance. Hallelujah. Okay? So with that, you have to understand that when it's truly a God thing, it's not a drip and dribble and drazzle you through it. It's God showing up doing what only God can do. He healed immediately. She didn't have no side effects. She didn't say she needed a glass of water. She didn't say, just let me sit here for a minute. She immediately got up and resumed her position as the head of the household as the female and began to serve. Mm -hmm. How powerful is that? Hallelujah. When true God come into your life. True God. True God. Hallelujah. One of the dispositions is you'll be ready to serve. Mm. You'll be ready to serve. When I look back when, when God finally did what he did for me, at that at that point, him doing that, all I ask is, what can I do? What can I do? What 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 is it that you're going to do through me? What is it? I'm ready to be your spoon. Whatever you want to do. Okay? Not, oh, I have an ambition to do this. You see what I'm saying? There's a difference. Because she could have got up and said, okay, um, now that I'm healed, I'm ready to go play bingo. I'll be back. <laughs> But she got up and took care of the household that she would normally do. So she wasn't doing something extraordinary. She was doing what was ordinary, but she couldn't do it before because she was sick. So in his mercy and his grace and his compassion, he brought a mother back to do the things the mother does. Nothing extraordinary, but she was sick to the point she couldn't. Now she can and you guys got to see that. It's not in the flash and the pan and the big stuff. I'm not saying, you know, all this you supposed to do this, you supposed to do that. What about you just get up and be a better mama? Hallelujah. Or a good father. Yes. Or a good son. Yes. Or a good neighbor. Yes. Or what about this? Just be a good person. All the way around. All right, go ahead. Now when the sun was setting... All those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him. Stop. So let me let me paint this picture for y'all. Synagogue normally lasts two hours. So 10 a.m. and normally ended at noon. Obviously, where he went to go eat was close by. So let's just even say he got there at 1 o'clock. They immediately start came to him and said, hey, heal mom, right? 
She got up and started serving. Let's say they ate from 1.30, 3 o'clock. It says that people were coming to Jesus as the sun was going down. My question is, did he even get a chance to eat? Because all these people are coming because they want what he said he was going to do. He wanted to bring comfort to them, compassion to them. Yes. He said that in Isaiah 61, when he unrolled that scroll, mm -hmm. you have you have the, 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 the healing from sin, but then he is so compassionate. He wants to heal your ailments too yes. with them. He cares for you. He couldn't resist the people. Even though they were steeped in sin, they weren't people that he chose like, okay, they're good, you bad. Anybody that came to him that needed this, he was willing to do it for them because he's that loving type of God. And he's still the same today. He's still doing that today for some. And again, what I'm saying to you is, He's doing it through us because we should be able to reach out to people regardless of their steepness sin and do something for them before we even talk about their sin. Yes, yes, yes. And Jesus knew who he needed to say stuff to about sin and he knew he needed to say, but these are just folk. These are not the Pharisees. Pharisees wouldn't even come too close to him. These are not the church folk. These are just people who are hurting that need us. Need some relief. Need what Isaiah 61 and 1 says. The lame need to walk. The blind need to see. Those who are held captive by the demons need to be cast out. And Jesus was the more powerful enough to do it all for anybody who would receive him. He was building the remnant while he was there. Okay, read. And and he laid his hands on every one of them. How many? Everyone. Everyone. And then what happened to him? And healed them. And healed them. And? And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. So we back to the demons identifying who he is. But he's being identified by the love that he's showing to heal everybody. And if you got a demon right then, come out. But the demons are, you know why the demons are identifying him? Because he's their executioner. And they already know, they've been told, that they only have a certain amount of time. And when the Christ show up, that their time is up. They just didn't know which time. And they didn't know about second coming or nothing like that. All they knew is when the Messiah come, we got to go. So when, when so so he has power of the demonic and he has power of the sickness and he healed them all. Non-discriminatory. Whoever came to him, he healed them. Church, our job, no matter who it is, to come heal people. Now, I'm not talking about like that. I'm talking about in a sense of offering them the gospel, which leads them to the Christ who can heal them. Non-discriminatory, black, white, rich, poor, skinny, fat, tall, ugly. We are job is to give them the power to save them and to heal them. Okay. All right. Go ahead. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. See, so when day, now think about this. They say when what came? Day came. That means he didn't even sleep. He did this all night healing whoever came. And he had to depart. And he, had, he went away to rejuvenate himself. To pray. Not eat food. But feed on his, feed on what the Godfather gave him. The spirit of God. Okay. That's what he wanted. He wanted that. He wanted that. Alright. So that's what you have. You have him going away. You have him, have him going to a desolate place. And the people are looking for him. When you be looking for him too, he just healed a whole bunch of people. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, that's a natural. Yeah, we don't want him to leave. Stay with us. Go ahead. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. 
for I was sent for this purpose. He was sent for the purpose to preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. See, the signs led to the preaching. Mm -hmm. The signs are not the purpose. The preaching yes. is the purpose. Yes. The signs pointed to him being the one whose purpose is worthy of hearing. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. That's what makes it so beautiful. These miracles were done so they can hear the word of God. And he says, I can't just stay with you. I was sent for this reason. I was sent, just like I told you, Isaiah 61. I was sent for that reason, to preach the good news to all those who are hurting. And I must go to other villages in Judea and do so. I can't just stay here. I can't just sit under you. I just can't stay right here. My job is to go out. And he's starting to show the, the shift between people coming to the temple of Israel in Jerusalem because it's going to be destroyed. And he's setting a pattern of, I go to the people. Church, we go to the people. Now, there's nothing wrong with biting people to church. And I get that on a certain level. But you're supposed to be out there being the church for the people, whether they come to this building or not. You know, the, that the talk that people always have with me. Oh, well, how many people you got? I am so sick of that sick of that statement. Please, y'all, stop asking me the questions. I know you kind of mean well, but you're really just trying to be nosy. But you're not asking how many people get saved. You're not asking how many people get set free. You're not asking how many people are being we've been touched internationally. You want to know how many seats or, or butts in the seats on Sunday. That's irrelevant. Yeah. Because there are some churches got thousands of people. Ain't nobody in that church saved, mm -hmm. including the pastor. That's true. That's so true. Joel Osteen going to fill up Yankee Stadium. Yeah, he's an entertainer. He's supposed to be able to do that. But he's not going to preach sin. He already told you that. You could pull it up. He said it. Uh, Larry King in an interview asked him, why don't you preach about saying, well, you know, that's not for me. I let somebody else do that. Well, if you let somebody else do that, you just told me you're not a man of God. You just, if, if Jesus can preach it, if John the Baptist can preach it, what make you different? Well, the people are down enough. No, they're not. Because if they're down enough and they sin, they repent and come to God. You want to lead them in their sin and let them think that make God a cosmic candy man for them. Okay? But Jesus said, I got to keep moving. And so should you, saints of God. You need to, and I don't mean you lead a church if that's what you call to do, but the way you will make me happy, if that's even concerning yours, is that you out here talking about Jesus. That's all I care about. And that you could talk about it accurately enough that somebody will ask that question, what must I do to be saved? And that you live in a life, the sign, now watch this, the sign of a Christian is their life. Yes, and the, that should lead them to hear your words. I'm going to say it again. The sign is your life. So you can live a good and holy, righteous life, not perfect, being perfected, willing to admit your faults to them, willing to remove the plank from your own eye before you help them remove theirs, all that that entails, so that they can listen to the message of the gospel that saved you. But if you're not living no kind of way, you already know. Ain't nobody paying attention to what you're saying. You ain't got no oil. You can say the words, but the words don't have any power because the person looking at you saying, I hear what you're saying, but where's the effect on you? Where's the, where's the fruit from repentance? Well, I know I'm telling you. Yeah, you telling me what's right, but you ain't living it. Why aren't you living it? Because you haven't met the true and living Savior that instantaneously can save you. That can instantaneously heal you. That there's no lingering effect to salvation. Now, sanctification is a whole other thing. That's the journey. But salvation, I tell people, once you get saved, you'll know the difference. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. Now, there's a difference between religion and religion that leads to relationship and a religion that leads to keep your religion. Yes, you will. Okay? And you'll know the difference. Yes, you will. And for those who don't know the difference, my heart goes out to you. Because you think that what you're doing Monday through Sunday 
is the relationship and you're really just doing works and the Bible calls them dead works. Okay. Our job is to be the light so people can get saved. Jesus shows, showing us a pattern of compassion and we should have compassion on all people no matter what. Jesus didn't ask them what did they do, how bad they sinned. He saw an ailment. He saw a demon. He went and dealt with that. Okay, that was that was before them. Now, it doesn't mean that all these people he healed were saved, got saved. So you don't assume that. All we know is by what the records say is he healed them from their infirmities and he cast out demons. Now they're ready to hear the message. So sometimes you got to work it from the way the Holy Spirit is telling you to work it. That's why you move in the spirit of discernment will tell you how to approach this person, what this person needs. They may need a cup of coffee before they hear the message. They may need for you to sit there and let them tell you their life before they hear the message. But your point is to get to the point to where your life is the, is, is the miracle and then they are more receptive to your message. So yes, you might be the only Bible they may see, but you need to be a Bible that they can hear too. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Grace Holy Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the people. Thank you for uh, showing us that God is such a compassionate God to give us a son named Jesus. Lord, I just wonder sometime, oh Father God, what can we do as a body of Christ to continue your legacy of love? That we accept anybody right where they're at and meet them in the midst of their sin and their infirmities, Lord, and preach the good news to them. That truly by your stripes we have been healed. And by your stripes and by the blood, we have been justified. And that truly, Lord, we can tell them that there is no more condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. And Lord, show them the way, the truth, and the life. That you can't get this peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord, without Jesus and what he did on the cross. So Lord, teach us how to talk to people about Jesus. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. If this message has been a blessing to you consider donating on your favorite platform. You can donate by looking in the description box and picking your favorite platform of choice, Venmo, Cash App or PayPal. Continue listening. And your prayers are needed, welcomed and appreciated.